Hello and welcome to Dare to Know, interviews with quality and reliability thought leaders. I'm Tim Rogers, and today I'm pleased to welcome Bob Allen. Rob has over 25 years of professional experience in the areas of product development, process improvement, and project management. He was a key contributor to numerous deployments of Lean Sigma and project management organizations, most notably with Honeywell and TE Connectivity. Rob has achieved success in a wide range of industries, including aerospace, medical devices, consumer electronics, printed circuit boards, and small enterprise manufacturing. Rob helps businesses quickly identify priorities and techniques for rapid problem solving and transformation to future states. Rob received his Bachelor of Science degree in Mechanical Engineering from the University of Rhode Island. In the mid-1990s, he was an early adopter of Lean Sigma collaborative problem solving and advanced product development techniques, and he's expanded his expertise in a range of industries and disciplines since then. Rob, welcome, and thanks for joining us today. Hi, Tim. Thanks, and uh, it's great to be part of the Ascendo Reliability team. Rob, we spoke previously a a few weeks ago. We talked a little about the importance of the phase gate product development lifecycle as a way of achieving excellence in product design and development. Can you can you elaborate on that? How how exactly is PhaseGate PLC? How is this process typically implemented? Right, great. Uh, so thanks for that. Let's first talk a little bit about what it is, and uh, different organizations might have different continuums or thought processes, but. Uh, let, let me just go ahead and define something, and then that would, can form a basis for what a PLC process is. So uh, a product lifecycle process might consist of a definition phase, a concept phase, a design phase, a verification phase, a qualification, and then production phase. So these various phases, first of all, help to sort of label what happens when and uh, the, the lifecycle process um, by the way, I left out end of uh, it, you know in service and end of life for now. Sure, uh, right. But, but that's generally the the continuum you're talking about in establishing a product lifecycle process. Uh, you want to achieve design maturity uh, through a phased structure, such as uh, what I just uh, articulated there. And so the phases uh, help establish what happens when, of course. And you know another thing, another thing to consider is that it helps establish a common framework and language for the uh, product development team to know where they're at in the product development process. Right, right. It's worth considering also that that it it lends itself to a work breakdown structure for project managers. Okay, so um, when you think in terms of deliverables against each of those uh, phase phases that. I mentioned then what has to happen when, what deliverables for what functional organization. And we should, we should think in terms of various functional organizations that are involved in this. So uh, it's not necessarily just engineering, it's marketing, quality, reliability, um, operations. And uh, if you notice the PLC process, is fairly design intensive at first, but then as it gets into qualification and production, of course, 
you have the uh, operations heavy uh, aspects of the PLC process. So uh, having this framework would allow, for example, operations to get involved earlier in the design process and uh, therefore kind of prevent that sort of throw it over the wall uh, uh, mentality that can sometimes take place when you have a strict R&D function that takes this uh, product that's been researched and developed and, and, and just hands it over to operation. So it's an integrated approach. Right. Um, you, you know, Rob, it, it, it occurs to me, this is a little bit like a, a script for a play. Um, everybody has a part to play. Everybody has um, absolutely a part of the script and uh, the PLC really defines what, uh, what everybody's responsibilities are. Right. And yeah, roles and responsibility is very important. Um, there's, there's a few other, aspects to mention along those lines is, is in, in sticking with the process focus is in addition to the phases are gates, right? And so uh, at the very beginning, you might have a gate zero that uh, helps to establish what the opportunity is before you go into some further definition of it, right? So that's that first phase was definition phase. Well, first of all, what's the opportunity and are we going to spend the time to define it further and then go into the concept phase. Now, uh, so some uh, there's something to consider is is you don't want to stifle innovation and creativity and have uh, a too much structure that will shoot down a project before it gets off the ground. So uh, it's worth considering having a separate umbrella or advanced development process for for research type projects. So uh, I've, I've encountered that in my past in industry is to have a process oriented towards commercializing projects or products, and then a separate process for advanced development, proof of concept, and R&D type efforts. So uh, that, that's worth uh, worth mentioning. I'm, re I'm really glad you brought that up, Rob, because um, you know I, th I think uh, healthy organizations have a lot of projects, a lot of possible products that are in in right. development. And ju just because a project or a product doesn't make it past that first checkpoint does not necessarily mean that the, the process is a, a, a failure. Uh, I mean, you really should have more ideas that you're evaluating, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And it, but there really does need to be some filtering process or at least a process by which you say, okay, you know, great idea, but handle it over here instead. And then you know, it could be governed and managed that way, uh, mm -hmm. you know, um, and uh, having those gates at, e at the end of each of those phases uh, ensures that you're ready to go into the next phase, right? So mm -hmm. um, when you have, uh, you say, okay, we have a good concept to go forward into detailed design, that's great, uh, or we're ready to go into verification, well, is the design complete? So the, the, the gates help establish both the kind of a, a backward looking, but also forward looking view as the, as the product development process progresses. And right. there's also, uh, it's worth mentioning, uh, the ability to add sort of that business process layer on top of, uh, on top of this. And, and when I've implemented PLC processes in the past, especially with a lot of projects or uh, a commercial product, the opportunity champion would have to continue to make the case that this is going to be a good product to follow through with and ultimately commercialize. 
And one of the things that we added to the process was a financial analysis to make sure it was still a viable product from a, sh- a sheer um, you know, business justification standpoint. I mean, sure. are you going to, yeah, that, that would be a good idea. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. And, and, and are you going to continue to make money on this? And you could, uh, as the product is developed, find out that a competitor has kind of entered the market with a totally dis- disruptive product. And then you might want to just tear up your plans and say, you know what, let's just, uh, put that project on hold because why continue if, if you really don't think it's ultimately going to be competitive. And the, this is a rapidly evolving uh, discipline and, you know, there's always new products coming on the market. And I mean, I've seen where if once a product starts being developed, they, they just continue, continue to develop it without regard to the marketplace and then find out, Oh, this, this thing doesn't really sell because it's, it's, it's really not competitive. Well, I mean, you don't want to spend millions of dollars just to to find that out after the fact, you you, you know, so that product manager or opportunity champion can continue to justify it all the way throughout the PLC process. Um, You know, yeah. Rob, I'd like to build on that just a little bit. Um, I, I I don't want to get you in trouble here and ask you to name names, but I wonder if you could t- talk a little bit about um, uh, applications or situations where people think they're using a phased gate process, but in fact, they're doing something completely different or insufficient. Can you can you talk about some of the more common mistakes that uh, that organizations make when it comes to the PLC? Right. Well, I think... Um, one mistake is to not have a, a strong governance process. Okay. So, and, and, uh, that's a good segue into some of the benefits of having a PLC process is, uh, any organization needs some combination of, of leadership, governance, and management. Right. And so, uh, obviously things could be managed, uh, at the, uh, at the working level to make sure things get done. Okay. But, but, but how does that governance takes place? That layer of gov- that layer mm-hmm. of governance is is for these projects to be reviewed by a by a committee, a project approval committee, or a life cycle committee that that assesses if the project is being successful, uh, if all the deliverables are done in a given phase, if it's ready to go to the next phase, and so oftentimes uh, that governance layer is, is kind of missing. Right. And so they might follow the PLC process, but if you do it in isolation or if you do it without a governance process where all the stakeholders are, are kind of viewing the project in its entirety from all those different perspectives, then, then you're not getting the full benefit of the PLC process. Good point. So, so, so that's, a, that's a really good question. Um, and of course, the the... the, the the gate approval can be either very rigorous or, or loose. And uh, so this is where uh, it requires that, that leadership level, right? So I mentioned leadership, governance, and management. Well, leadership should, should really uh, put their foot down and say, no, we're not going to go into that next phase because we're not done with certain aspects of the prior phase. Okay. You know, I, I'm with you 100% on, on that. It seems like a lot of organizations just look at these phase gates. Well, they're not really gates, are they? They're just sort of um, a, a date on a calendar. 
Yeah, uh, or just sort of checkpoints and say, okay, we check the box and 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 let's let's move on. Or a but, status uh, update. Yeah. Right. Right now, uh, you you have the option in your PLC process to add uh, either an extensive amount of detail in each of the phases or or a little bit higher level detail. So, mm-hmm. um, you know. I, the best way to probably do that, and I might be jumping ahead here a little bit, is to is to label certain things from the different functional organizations as deliverables mm-hmm. required to be completed during that phase, and and uh, so that that really allows you to the ability to to see that the work's been done or hasn't. Um, right. Right. So, so the, the, the gate actually becomes more of a, a go, no go decision, right? Correct. Correct. And, and it might it might mean, remember, uh, from our, our previous discussion on, on a product that's might be, even be obsolete by the time it's developed. <laughs> the no go, the no go decision might be to just to just like, let's just not do this project and, and let's reorient ourselves on on other products. And, that makes sense. Um, so it really links strategy to execution, and so I'm, I'm going to go back to, to some of the highest highest level objectives of a PLC processes to link strategy to execution. What kind of products are we targeting in the market? Are we let's emphasize those types of projects, um, and uh, and you know and enter those into the pipeline, and and so that's to, so that's to do the right projects, right? And that's uh, high level objectives. And it's also to do projects right, and and hmm. you know so what it what does it mean to do projects right? Well, is to have that that framework, and everybody agrees this is our process for developing for developing products, and it's got all those key elements that we need to be successful when we develop products. And so, to do the right projects, to do projects right, and and there's one other benefit. Uh, well, there's several other benefits, but uh, one another is to create artifacts. Uh, so I had mentioned deliverables in each of the phases. So let's say, um, you know, re- reliability engineering has a certain, you know, plan or uh, approach for allocating reliability requirements to a product. And, and they, they've got uh, even either an analytical tool or some deliverable that they, that they provide. And they can archive that or the project management organization can archive that and keep that as an artifact. And that's potentially uh, significant such that the next time you develop a product uh, or you know you create a next generation product, you, you have that project history file with those deliverables and the deliverables are, are set up in this lifecycle process. And, and then you know, a year from now, when you come up with a new product to develop, you pull that deliverable out You say, okay, I see how we did this. Um, and then you could, uh, you could continuously improve using that artifact. Uh, good point. Very so, good point. So, so it's, it's, it's really kind of a lean, it's really a lean product development process. Um, and another aspect of lean and lean product development and using a PLC process is, uh, around, uh, enabling resource management, which which is a which is a really a huge component to a smoothly running PLC process. So, how how is it that you can level load 
an organization to develop products. And a PLC process could really enable that, right? Because sure. what you're doing is you're, you're establishing a, 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 essentially a workflow and you're also establishing the deliverables that have to take place in that, in that workflow. And you, you plan out timeline, say, say 10 months. And then underneath the, the, that say 10 month window, you've got separate windows of different uh, phases. Okay, good. So now we know what's going to happen when over the next 10 months. And then we've got deliverables under each of those phases. Well, what resources do we need to uh, create those deliverables? And, and you might establish resource roles like reliability. We need uh, reliability engineering. We need, you know, R and D we need designers and Good. all those different resource roles. And, and, and then you could do your resource loading with that, with that forward looking view, the PLC process helps establish that framework. Um, and now once you uh, do that resource loading, and this is where a, a, a tool like a project management operating system would would be helpful, but uh, nonetheless, you could look at that one resource that's booked at say 300% of their time and say, well, we, uh, we know that's kind of a pacing item. Mm -hmm. uh, and so <laughs> we're gonna have to get another resource in that area or, or one area or another, add resources. Or if you have enough flexibility in organization, you could redeploy certain resources to make sure that that triple booked resource doesn't uh, hold up the project, right? So, right, right. Uh, so yeah, so do the right projects, do projects right, uh, create artifacts for lean product development, and then and level load the organization. Those are all uh, objectives and benefits uh, to, to the PLC process. Rob, you mentioned this a little bit already, but can you elaborate a little bit more about how having a PLC can help avoid quality and reliability problems? Right. So uh, the PLC process lends itself to uh, uh, basically a team-based approach. So remember, you're looking across the whole uh, organization and you have, uh, you're implementing the PLC process with a cross-functional team. So you have different deliverables by different team members from different functional organizations. Okay. And I mentioned earlier, for example, having operations involved early, say in the design process, so they kind of knew what was coming and could integrate operational concerns as the design was being developed. So uh, same thing applies to uh, reliability engineering. And so a reliability engineer shouldn't really work in a vacuum. I mean, the rel rel reliability engineer should have a reliability core team. And so that core team mission is to integrate reliability engineering and address reliability concerns as the product is developed. Sure. And, and so uh, the PLC process could be managed by uh, sort of a separate project manager and, and, and different core team leaders, right? So now I'm, I'm kind of getting into the, to the nuts and bolts of some of the roles and responsibilities, but Two key roles and responsibilities in a, in a well thought out PLC process is to have a core team leader and a project manager. So the project manager is an expert on the PLC process and is an expert in uh, the discipline of project management, the tools, the you know Microsoft Project or whatever they use for scheduling, 
Um, and, and, and so the core team leader could be the, the subject matter expert on any given subtopic. And this is where you could link a strategy to execution. You could say, well, you know, we want this to be a much more reliable product and let's establish a reliability core team and we'll have a reliability subject matter expert lead that core team because they, they know what to do. Right. They know what to do to integrate uh, reliability engineering into the product development process. And then the project manager would uh, work with that core team and help that uh, core team leader identify the actions, the deliverables, uh, help uh, negotiate what need, what needs to get done along with other functional managers and functional groups. So, um, so it, it's a team-based approach and, and, you know, personally, I, I wouldn't recommend, I wouldn't, would not recommend making a reliability engineer, a project manager. Uh, they're the subject matter expert and very well could or should be the core team leader. Uh, but then be complemented with uh, a project manager that could help them out and pursue their discipline uh, uh, within the PLC process. Right, right. Rob, I get the feeling that there's a lot of uh, poorly executed PLCs or maybe missing PLCs. Um, do, you, do you have any advice for engineers or managers who want to accelerate the adoption of uh, good practices as far as product development processes are concerned? Right. Yeah. Uh, so um, a little bit, it might be a good way to start might be to establish a PLC process owner. And uh, it's a little challenging. I would say it's, sometimes it could be challenging to develop something like this by committee. Uh, what that process owner could do is, you know, establish that framework, uh, establish the, 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 uh, the definitions of you know what happens when here's the overall structure, and then work with uh, individual subject matter experts to understand the deliverables required within that framework. Uh, sometimes that's better handled through project management. You know, project management is that organization that that uh, that looks across the different functional groups, and and if you do have a project management organization, I, I would I would suggest the PLC process reside there. Um, and that organization could be the PLC process owner. Um, and, you know, so, uh, some engineer, some organizations are very engineering intensive engineering wants to own that. Uh, that's fine. I think the important thing is to, uh, to start really start labeling, uh, first of all, what happens when from the framework approach, I, I had mentioned uh, definition, concept, design, verification, qualification, and production. Uh, if you have different a different uh, uh, thought process, that's fine. Uh, I think the important thing is that uh, the um, you know that 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 people start talking the same language. Sure. Um, definitely a uh, you know a, a consultant can can help, uh, and there are consultants such as myself that, that have implemented this at various companies and, and, you know, kind of have all that homework done and, and could set that up and then adapt it. Right. So I've, I've tailored it myself for, for specific organizations. They, they kind of already had their own language. That's fine. And, uh, you know, you could, you could use some, uh, it's a little bit semantics. You could use different 
words to describe things if, if that's what that culture is used to. Sure. Um, and then, uh, so, and remember that the goal is to, one goal is to uh, create deliverables and, and establish artifacts and, and then understand where those artifacts fit into the, to the process, to the high level process. And so if you're starting from a grassroots level, that's one way to do it. And, and another thing to consider is, and also to sort of, um, I would recommend being a little careful with this, but I mean, when, if you do a project retrospective and you say, okay, well, it's a, a year after we've developed this, this product and, uh, we had a big uh, rework that we had to do. A- ask yourself, well, why, you know, why? What was it about our PLC process, if, if you even have one, right. that would that would that would have prevented that from happening? And that's a good way of saying, okay, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna build a corrective action into our process to prevent that from happening again. But I mean, you need a process in the first place <laughs> to exactly. to, uh, to do that, right? So. Uh, so project retrospectives can be can be very revealing, and and you know there would be a, a lot of uh, I think uh, you know favorable response to to you know preventing something from from happening again. And uh, one way to do that is to to have uh, you know to have to have done something different, right? Right, which is usually some activity earlier on in the program, and uh, then you could build that into your PLC process and and continuously improve it. Rob, this has been great. Uh, Unfortunately, it looks like we're out of time. Thanks so much for joining us today. Okay, well, thank you. And again, uh, thanks to all the good folks at uh, Accendo Reliability. And I'm glad to be part of the team. That was Rob Allen, Senior Consultant at RobertWalterAllen.com. For more information about Rob's work, go to RobertWalterAllen.com. I should mention also that Rob will will publish a series of articles on product development and process improvement on the Ascendo Reliability website early next year. This is Tim Rogers. Thanks again for joining us.